ek wil vir allemaal welkom sê by ons Eredienst vanmorgen die derde sondag in Leidingstijd. Welcome everybody at our service this Sunday morning, the third Sunday of Lent. You are so welcome, even though we don't have a service in our church. We connect through the YouTube channel and it is wonderful that we can be in each each other's presence, but more, we are in the presence of God. Die Heer is oorals, teenwoordig, en dan ook op hierdie sondagochtend, op een baie speciale manier by jou en my. So baie welkom by ons diens. Our, our commencing word is the beautiful word from Psalm 63, Psalm 63, waar die Psalm dichter hierdie volgende mooi uitinge gee oor die liefde van God. Hy sê, die trouwe liefde is meer waard as die lewe. Daarom sal ek die prijs. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How shall I praise you? Ek bly altyd nabij u. Die hand ondersteun my. I cling to you, your strong right hand holds me securely. And it is the strong hand of God, the present God, the loving God, the God of grace and goodness that wants to bless you this morning. Receive the blessing. The blessing of the trying God, the God who dearly loves you, who calls you, my beloved daughter, my beloved son. The God whose grace was shown to you and me through Jesus Christ. And the God who through the Holy Spirit comes alongside you to comfort you and to bless you. Daarom ontvang die Seen van die Drieenige God, ons Vader wat vir jou en vir my eindeloos lief het. Jesus Christus, wat sy hele lewe vir ons opgeoffer het. En die Heilige Gees, wat as trooster en bemoediger en advokaat vir jou en vir my intree. Wees geseend, kind van God. Amen. Ons loflied is die prachtige lied waar ek my hande oplig. I lift my hands. This is our praise him this morning. Ek roem u naam. Ek wil u eer aan u al die hulde bring. Kom ons sing dit saam met Andries. I lift my hands to the coming King, to the great I am, to you I sing, for you're the one who reigns within my heart. And I will serve no foreign God or any other treasure. For you are my heart's desire, 
a spirit without measure unto your name i will bring my sacrifice may hande fakopna e eklofina men boykhore want u is hier die koning van my hart en ek dien geen afgod nie en niks is meer belangrik nie as dat u in my hart regeer daar is geen plek vir ander nie voor u Soos ons gebruik is in die tyd van leiding, die 7 leidingssonda, as ons kom by die deel in ons diens waar ons ons self aan God oorgee, dan doen ons dit op een manier dat ons dinge aflee. We are used to, to this practice now through many years and it comes along through many ages where, where we as God's children we give up something during Lent. And we must always remember it's not an exercise in self-control, but it is an exercise in making space for God to come into our lives and to do new things in our lives. And we have already seen that as we also blow out this, the candles that's here uh, also this morning, that we follow Jesus on his path to the cross. And therefore we blow out the candles as identification with Jesus giving up his life. So in the first week of Lent, we already said that we will give up hurting words and that we will say kind words to build and uplift each other. So die eerste leidingssondag het ons gesê, kom ons gee al die woorde wat seer maak is op en ons kies van vriendelike opbouwende woorde. Die tweede week het ons gesê, ons gaan ons pessimisme opgee, want ons leven in een tyd wat het so makkelijk is om pessimisties oor baie dinge te raak en ons gaan met hoop lewe, want om kind van God te wees is om met hoop te lewe. So the second week we gave out all the pessimistic attitudes and thoughts and those patterns that becomes a downward spiral. We gave that up and we say we choose hope because we are children of God and sons and daughters of the loving God with hope. We choose hope over pessim pessimisme. We are not pessimistic. Then Today, the challenge is for this week. Give up worries and in in, instead of worries, put your trust in God. So, vandag as ek nou hierdie derde kers gaan uitblaas, 
dan gaan dit wees met die gezondheid om te sê, Heere, vandag gee ek al die bekommernisse wat so vinnig in my kop kom rele en in my gedagtes kom, dit gee ek op en ek kies om God met my leven en met my toekomst te vertrouw. So ek blaas vandag vir ons die derde kers van Leidingsondag dood. So as we consider giving up all our worries and putting our trust in God, let us pray together and sing with Andres, All the way my Savior leads me. Al die pad lei hy my heiland. Dit is ons gebed van oorgave vir ochend.
before we, our do, we do our scripture reading this morning, let us ask God's blessings on his word. We are going to read from a very special parable that only appears in the Luke's gospel, and that is the parable of the fig tree. And we read from uh, Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. Van die gelijkenis van die feieboom van Lukas Evangelie. Lukas hoofstuk 13 gaan ons lees. Maar voordat ons dit doen, vir ons dat die Heere sy woord aan ons sal seen. Kom ons buig ons hoofde in gebed. Heere, dankie dat ons in hierdie derde leidingsondag weer voor u kan staan dat ons kan oopwees vir die boodskap, soos wat u dit telkens vir ons gee. En dankie dat die woord, dier gelijkenisse, die verhalen wat u vertel het, dat dit ook kom diep snij in ons levens, en vir ons richting en weisheid bring. En dis wat ons nodig het, Heere, in die omstandighede waar ons thans lewe. Ons het richting nodig, ons het weisheid nodig en ons verwacht dat u vir ons dit sal bring. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that we have your word and that your word is a special word through a parable, the story that you told your disciples. And we want to be open to receive the message from this parable. Come into our lives where we are at the moment, with the things that we struggle with, the answers that we need. We are open to receive your word. Because the promise is your promise that wherever we are gathered, in your name, we will be receiving your word for direction and hope. Here we are, your children. We listen to your word. Amen. Die gelijkenis van die feieboom, Lukas hoofstuk 13, vers 6. Hy, dit is Jesus, het toe die volgende gelijkenis vertel. Iemand het een vijboom gehad wat in sy wingerd geplant was. Hy die vruchten daaraan gaan soek en niks gevind nie. Toe het hy vir die tuinier gesê, Kijk, dis al drie jaar wat ek vruchten aan hierdie vijboom kom soek en niks kry nie. Kap dit uit. Waarom moet dit die grond langer uitbid? Maar, Hy antwoord en sê vir hom, Meneer, laat het toch hierdie jaar bly staan, totdat ek rondom gespit en misgegeet. En as dit dan volgende jaar vruchte, vruchte dra, goed. Maar as dit nie gebeur nie, kan u dit uitkap. Then Jesus told the story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. 
but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Here ends our scripture reading and then also the message from the word of Jesus as the good news to you and me this morning. It's interesting that it's only uh, in Luke that the parable of this fig tree is being recorded, but it reminds us of um, another time when Jesus passed a fig tree and he was looking for figs and, and then he didn't receive or there weren't any fig tree, uh, figs on the tree. And we know that he wanted to convey a very special message through this. Hierdie, hierdie gedeelte is natuurlijk ook in, de, in, in die mooie context, want net in die vorige gedeelte het, het uh, die mense na Jesus toegekom en sê, Pilatus het uh, die galdeers wat bezig was om te aanbid, om offers te bring, het hy doodgemaak en toe het hulle vir Jesus gesê, wie sy skuld is dit? Wat sy sonde het hulle gedoen? En dan sê Jesus, dis nie oor die sonde wat hulle gedoen het nie, En dan sê Jesus, dis precies diezelfde soos met die 18 mense wat dood is toe die toren van Siloam op hulle ingeval het. En dan vertel hy vir hulle hierdie gelijkenis. So the context Jesus shares with these people is that bad things happened to people. Some of them were killed by Pilate. And then Jesus also tells him about the 18 people when, when one of the towers fell and then they, they wanted to know, whose sin is it? What did they do to, to deserve that? So, Jesus is telling this wonderful parable for you and me to realize two things, two very important things. The first one is that in our relationship with God, he wants to see fruit. There must be growth. You and I, as God's children, we cannot be the same as we were last year. There must be spiritual growth. There must be more fruit. And we can continue with this image of fruit and we can say, Jesus actually asks of us what Paul in the New Testament writes about in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, those things, love, joy, peace, all those beautiful things. This is the first thing. So, eerstens, fra hierdie gelijkenis, die boodskap, fra dat, as ons Godse kinders is, moet daar sekere vruchte wees. Daar moet tekens wees, dat hy in sy, sy boodskap deel geword het van ons leven, 
en dat ons dit wees. But secondly, it also shows us God's grace with us. When, when he comes to look at us and evaluate us and see there's not enough fruit, he gives us more opportunities. In the words of the parable, we are receiving more fertilizer so that we can grow, so that we can repent. So, die tweede gedeelte is die prachtige boodskap om te sê, Jesus, Godse genade is so groot in ons leven, dat as hy iets van ons verwaag, en dis nog nie daar nie, is sy genade nog so groot om te sê, ek sal nog, nog een jaar kans gee, ek sal nog een keer wacht, ek sal, ek sal dit mooi bemes, ek sal mis rondom inspit, ek sal moeite doen om te kyk, of dit wat ek aan hierdie, hierdie kind van my oor dra, of dit nie sal lei tot vruchte nie, tot groei nie. Maar die, maar die hele kwestie is dat ons kyk so vast teen soos hierdie uh, mense in Jesus' tyd en sy disciples teen verkeerde dinge. Ons wil, ons wil lysies maak van sonde. So sal het Jesus gevraagd, wie sy sonde was het nou dat al hierdie dinge gebeur het? We always want some personal connection with sin and what happens to us. This is how we look at, at the world. And we also, in the world, experience a lot of things that we cannot understand. Firstly, it was the coronavirus. Now it's a raging war in the Ukraine. And we can also stop there and ask, uh, whose sin was this? Who's responsible? Whose sin was this that this happened to those people? And are we now okay because it's not on our side of the world? You see, if, if we keep on asking those type of questions, uh, the, the answers are difficult because there's no why this answers. Or secondly, we, we can think, okay, this is life. Life is determined by luck. The luck of the draw. I'm lucky that I'm not in Ukraine at the moment, so I'm not part of that war. Is it so that ons uitgangspunt en ons moet kyk na die lewe in terme van geestelike groei ook om te sê, dis, dis maar hoe die lewe is. Partij mens is gelukkig, ander is ongelukkig, wat jou tref is, is buiten jou beweer, dis maar nou net geluk of ongeluk. Of is dit eindelijk wat hier die gelijkenis vir jou en vir my kon vraag? Is om te sê, jy en ek moet oopwees vir die oomlik van as iets gebeur, zodat so ons kan zien wat wil God voor ons daardoor toe oproep. So the question is, do we see it as when things happen that we cannot explain, do we have to go and look for sin, or whose sin, or is it that God wants to punish us? Or secondly, must we just say, hmm, this is how life plays out. This is the luck of the draw. 
Or is it as this parable wants to invite us into an openness to see where God is working or an openness for a moment for repentance? Because we are, everybody is connected with everybody in this whole world. And if God wants us to call us for repentance, because it, le let's, let's go back to the parable. It's difficult with Jesus' parable to just explain certain of the actors in this parable as certain people. We cannot say, oh, God is the owner of this garden and Jesus is the, the, the gardener and then, then it seems like if we take that to the fullest consequence that God just wants to punish us. He comes and he looks for fruit and there's no fruit and then he wants to, to, to take us out. And then Jesus comes and pleads and says, no, 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 please give them no, another chance. Is that what hierdie gelijkenis wil sê? Is God die eienaar? Jesus die tuinier? Nee, ek dink eindelijk met, met die gelijkenis is daar soveel parallele dinge wat gelijk loop, maar ons moet die boodskap kry. Misschien is die boodskap van die eienaar in hierdie gelijkenis is hoe ons dink. Ons wil altyd oorzaak gevolg. I, iemand het dit gedoen, so iemand moet ge, gestraf so it is cause and effect, this parable. You did something wrong, this is how we all think, so then you have to be punished. But then the message comes, repentance brings grace. And what is repentance? And this is the most important thing of this parable that we have to consider. The a whole thing about repentance is that repentance is a reorientation of my thinking pattern about life in general. And the reorientation that this parable is inviting us to conclude to or to come to is to say that this life while we're still busy living it, is full of grace. There's always another chance. There will always be a moment of reckoning or a moment of enlightenment or a moment that we come to the point that we say, okay, this has happened. What is it asking of me? I have to reorientate my life. So, it refers to a changed mind, a new way of seeing things, to being persuaded to adopt a different perspective. That is repentance in the first place. Then, our, our actions also change. But the first thing is a change of mind. And this parable invites us to say, stop looking 
for cause and effect in this life. Who caused it? What is the effect? Who's to bless? Who's to blame? Rather, take responsibility for what you can do and I can do. And grow and show the fruits of repentance. Show love. Show kindness. Show grace to everybody. Actually, repentance is inviting us to joy, not to sadness or to, to uh, feel that we have to um, uh, uh, be so cross and unsatisfied with ourselves that we don't enjoy life. No, repentance say, if I change my mind and I, if I look at life differently, grace becomes part of my life. And when I realize that, okay, God is so gracious to me, I've got all these, these opportunities, there's no punishment. So that, my liebe brother and sister, is the uitgangspunt van bekering. Bekering is in die eerste plek, ek moet my gedachte verander oor hoe ek na hierdie hele lewe kyk en hoe kyk ek na die lewe vanuit genade. Was altijd een nog een kans. God gaan mij nog steeds die 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 bemesting gee met die hoop dat ik zal groeien. En nou leef ik en jij in die tijd van leidingstijd. En dit is ons nou juist in hierdie tijd wat ons ons levens heroverweeg. So wat hierdie, hierdie gelijkenis jou en my oproep is om te sê, kom ons gee ons patroon wat ons naar die leven kyk, kom ons gee dit op. Kom ons gee dit op om te sê, oorzaak gevolg. En kom ons vat eerder die uitgangspunt van genade als deel van ons leven. En ons sê, Dankie toch ek leef nog. Dankie toch die tuinier het my nou nog nie uitgekap nie. Dankie ek kan nog hierdie jaar weer paasfeest vier. Dankie toch dat Godse betrokkenheid nog steeds dier genade in my leven betrokken is. En wat sy vruchte wees ek? As ek genade ontvang het, dan gee ek genade terug. As ek liefde ontvang het, dan gee ek liefde terug. So dit is ons oproep. Hierdie, hierdie gaan, hierdie gelijkenis gaan nie oor, jy het dit verkeerd gedoen, nou word jy gestraf nie. There is no punishment of sin through this parable. The parable invites us to the joy of grace. The joy of grace. And that we have the opportunity to grow. And this is all this is what Lent is all about. Again, we look at the bigger picture of life, of the world. We look at all the terrible things happening in Ukraine. We look at illnesses like the coronavirus. And we realize we're still here. And then we change through repentance our minds. And we say, thank you God for this grace. And we accept the grace and we say, God, what fruits do you want from us? 
Where, where must I be gracious? Where must I go and show your love? I still have the opportunity. I'm still in this garden, according to the parable. I'm still alive. And yes, Lord, I am sorry that you were looking for, for grace and love on my tree of life. And I'm sorry if you didn't find it in my attitude, in my thinking pattern, in my way of conducting my life. I'm sorry that I am not reorientated towards your grace. I'm sorry that I still keep the cause and effect way of thinking. The sorry that I'm sorry that I play the blaming game. I'm sorry that I'm still judgmental. And thank you that the judgment that you bring to us is not a judgment to point fingers, but it is discernment. Dankie dat u, Heere, vir my kom weis het dat daar nie oordeel nie is nie, maar onderscheiding. Dankie dat u my nog nie uitgekap het nie, en dat ek nog steeds volgens die genade kan lewe, en dat ons als een groep, ons als die kinders, as kerk, as gemeenskap, hierdie, hierdie bekering en beleidnis kan leef. So this is the, the reorientation from this parable. It starts with our thinking pattern, and then our hearts change, and then our acts, our deeds, everything changes. We have still chance. We are not cut off. We are not out of the garden of life. We are still here. Let's ask God that the fertilizer of his grace will cover us our lives and that through this Lenten time next year we can say, Lord, you were looking for grace. Here it is. Here it is in my heart. Here it is in my life. Here it is in my attitude. Mag die Heere vir ons seen, as ons ook in hierdie leidingstijd, ons self heroriënteer, tot bekering kom, ons gedagtes verander, om genade en liefde in hoop te lewe. Amen. Kom ons sê vir die Heere, dankie vir sy woord. Dankie Heere, dat hierdie waarskiewing na ons toe kom as een uitnodiging tot genade en nie by ons vrees bring nie. Dankie dat ons hierdie gelijkenis vandag kan lees en weet dat U dit vertel, terwyl u op pad na die kruis is, omdat u so met ons geidentificeer het, dat u alles vir ons gegeet om liefde en genade te wees. Dankie dat u ons nou nog een kans gee in hierdie jaar, sy leidingstijd, om ons te heroriënteer ten opzichte van u genade. Die wereld soek na goedheid, Heere, 
Das oorloe, in gerichte van oorloe. Das is behoefte aan hoop. Help dat ons daar die vruchten zal dragen. Dat dit soos feia aan ons leven zal groeien. Lord, we thank you with joy in our hearts today that we read this wonderful parable and we understand that you are giving us more chances that you fertilize us with your hope that you bring along in our lives the grace that we need because the world is longing for hope for goodness for grace for repentance and thank you that we realize this morning that judgment is not condemnation but discernment that we can discern to make better beautiful choices we recommit ourselves to you while we rediscover grace and we thank you that we are still here alive to represent love and kindness to this world in your holy name we thank you. Amen. Ons slotlied is die mooi Ek weet verseker Ek weet verseker dat Jesus leef en dat hy my sonde vergewe en dat hy vir my nieuwe kans gee. Let us sing together our closing hymn. The hymn is Blessed Assurance Jesus is Mine. Ek weet verseker, Jesus is Heer, Hy het my sonde uitliefde vergeef. Ek was verlore, maar is gevind, Nou het ek vrede, ek is Gods kind. Hy is my leidsman, hy laat my leef. Hy is oorwinnaar, hy is die Heer. Uit sy genade, liefde en trouw, weet ons hoe God sy kinders behoud. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior, I'm happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long.
Nou, lieve kind van God, zie ik jou. En jij kan weet en leef met al die tweede, derde, vierde, honderde kansen wat God voor jou en voor mij geeft, omdat zij genade ons roept om ook genadig te wees. You are being blessed with all the chances God gives us, with all the fertilizing, with His grace, that you and I can live with joy and hope and grace and love. Amen.